Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. Monica, tell me what you've been learning recently about attachment. Okay. Recently, I had a call with an EMDR consultant, and um, I was fascinated by something she said that's so simple in terms of attachment, but it was like, oh... That's so true. And basically what she was saying was when you're sitting with a client, a a traumatized client, you need to be able to assess several things and consider all of those things in terms of the treatment plan. So we don't just come across with our trauma, our trauma treatment plan with someone just based on the training that we've had, we base it on what's going on with the client. And one of those issues she really said you need to pay attention to is attachment. Mm. That you always want to know what attachment style does this client have and then formulate your treatment plan around that. And I mean, it's not rocket science, right? But it was also like, Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. You know, it has to do with synchronizing with that client's energy system, what they're experiencing and what they need. And so I went on to ask her, what attachment inventory do you use? You know, is it experiencing close experiences in close relationship scale, the ECR, or, you know, there's several others that I have used in the past. And she said, well, it's not so much about the inventory as much as what you're experiencing with the client from your from your lens you know what does it appear in the experience you're having with them and the experience they're having in their relationships that their attachment style is you know your assessment it's like that's true too right that we can as therapists really when we understand attachment styles we can really start to uh, peg that pretty quickly for a client because of what we're experiencing with them and how the therapeutic relationship is a working out for that client. Because of course, as humans, our brains are trying to heal the attachment. That's what every endeavor we're making as a human is trying to somehow get attachment, secure attachment when we haven't had it. And I believe that people in our culture who have secure attachment have no idea what it's like for people who have insecure attachment. When you have, um, you know, one of the insecure attachment styles and in life model, we use the D words, whether it's distracted, dismissive, or, um, um, disorganized, distracted, dismissive, disorganized. Um, when you have one of those insecure styles, you're in a lot of pain. Now, dismissive, which is more the avoidance style, you don't feel the pain. But I believe there's more pain there than than anyone knows, right? Because you shut it off so early. And with um, with the um, distracted, it's this anxiety about where are my relationships, who are my, where are my connections. I, I don't feel connected. And so you're always looking, your attachment light's always on looking for who's going to connect with me. And so you come across needy and um, anxious all the time, looking for that attachment where the dismissive totally shuts it off. And then the disorganized life model would say it 
like a disorganized attachment is someone who is living with the accelerator and the brake on simultaneously. It's the worst type of attachment pain. And attachment pain is the worst pain the brain knows. So in Life Model, we we think about um, how information is coming into the brain, a stimulus is coming into the brain every sixth of a second. Every sixth of a second, my brain is updating itself in the subconscious, in the right hemisphere. And for all information, all stimuli, first go through the attachment center, the thalamus. And then it goes to, we call it level two in the control center, we, the, the, the amygdala, the fight or flight center. And in the attachment center, the brain is asking, who is with me? In the level two, the amygdala, it's asking, is the situation I'm in good, bad, or scary? And if I deem the situation as good, bad, or scary, then my brain stops there. It hijacks there, and I kind of live out of the verbal logical explainer. My left brain tries to make sense of what my right brain's going through. And that's where addiction and mental illness and legalism comes in and I can't really be my true identity because I'm re only reacting to my pain. I'm only responding to my pain. My, my behavior is rooted in what's going on in my subconscious mind and how I, I get glitched or, or, or stuck there. But a nuance of that is that I can get stuck there, not because there's something actually good, bad, or scary going on, but because I'm in attachment pain, everything seems good, bad, or scary. So if attachment pain is the first place where stimuli are going and I'm in attachment pain, which a lot of our culture is, a lot of us are, then everything feels good, bad, or scary. I'm going to turn off things. I call it fighting dinosaurs. There's no dinosaur, yet I'm fighting dinosaurs constantly. Everything feels like it's scary, even though there's nothing actually scary happening because of my attachment pain. Attachment is is a huge part of what our clients are going through attachment pain and if we're a therapist who has secure attachment from our own childhood or from you know that we've been able to earn we call it dan siegel calls it earning secure attachment we've been able to earn secure attachment in our adulthood and fill in those gaps from our, our childhood then we don't we're not really in touch. We're not sharing pain with clients the way that that pain needs to be shared, right? In order to be able to really synchronize with their energy system and help them to heal that attachment. So we want to have deep compassion. We want to be able to not take on their darkness, but be able to relate to the level of pain that they're in. If attachment pain is the worst pain the brain knows, and we've got clients coming into our space who have the disorganized, the dismissive, or the distracted attachment, that's, we want to have that real deep heart of compassion for what they're going through and take that into consideration, not just in a left brain way, but in a right brain way. How can I feel that with them? How can I get in touch with what they must be going through and really help to formulate my treatment plan around that? And so Life Model um, ha talks about attachment pain in Living from the Heart Jesus Gave You, also in Transforming Fellowship. It's, it's brain skill 17 of the 19 brain skills. And we want to look at identifying what attachment 
what attachment style our client is presenting in their intimate relationships. I remember one of my therapists said to me in the past, like, yeah, you can have a certain type of attachment or secure attachment with friendships um, that you're not presenting in your family. You know, you're not presenting in your family. You may have a totally different attachment style with your, your spouse or your children because you're recreating your family of origin in those primary relationships because your brain's trying to heal. It's trying to land on, can this person be there for me in a way that so-and-so in the past wasn't? It's like a trauma reenactment. We reenact our traumas in order to try to resolve them. And another one of my past therapists um, who was actually doing some marriage therapist therapy for my husband and myself, he told me at one point, he said, your, your subconscious found your husband in order to heal. And you didn't know that. I mean, we, you always say, oh, I married my father, or I married my mother, you know, or I didn't even know that was happening. How did I marry the person who caused me the most pain? Well, it makes sense because your attachment was trying to heal. Your subconscious, our brains are very intuitive. So to help clients know, like, you're in this relationship right now because your brain is trying to resolve the things from the past. And it helps to normalize things for the client, helps them to feel um, less guilty or ashamed of themselves for making the decisions they've made to be with the people that they're with or whatever. But all we need is two people in a marriage who are willing to do the work and we can actually heal our attachment, right? And we need, we need belonging with others. So if we can get belonging, not with imperfect people, but even imperfect people who are willing to do the work, we can actually heal this part of our brain. And, and that's what we want. We want to be able to earn secure attachment, to get into a place of like life models saying, getting all the way up the brain elevator, getting to level three, where I'm in my cingulate cortex with, with God and others, where I accurately intend, somebody accurately and tenderly understands what I'm going through. Somebody is tender to my weakness, not exploiting my weakness, but being there for me, understanding why I'm responding the way I do in certain situations. Even if that response isn't a healthy response, they can cover me and have grace for me. And that's what God does for us. God has grace for our weaknesses and delights in us, even in our weakness. And so if we do that with our clients, if we delight in them, even in their weakness, we have unconditional positive regard for our clients. They can feel that and that they can get up to the cingulate cortex area of their own brain. And then we get to the prefrontal cortex, which is our identity center. This is where we know what it's like to be ourselves and what it's like to truly act like ourselves. And we're reminded of who we are because who we belong to is more important than what we believe. Um, and we'll, we'll act according to who we belong to and when that belonging is, is, in, is secure, when there's attachment that's secure with healthy people who reflect accurate identity to us, we can really live that out. And that's what we want for our clients. We want our clients to be able to live out their true identity because they're getting all the way up the quote unquote, brain elevator as the life model terms it. So they're not stuck in attachment pain. They're not stuck in that amygdala hijacking, which would cause the verbal logical explainer to be activated. But they're able to get up to level three. I always say the jump from level two to three is the hardest jump because we need to 
um, have someone who's compassionate toward us and who delights in us even in our weakness. And then we can get to that, that prefrontal cortex and we can have the secure attachment. We can know what it is to be us. And if we're doing that with God, obviously that's a really great place to be. And if we, that's, I think the big push, even in the 12 step communities around higher power is like, we all need this. We need to have a space to be with a benevolent other who can accurately and tenderly see us through the lens of our true identity, our value, even when we don't act like the person we want to be. So when we do that, when we have that, we're able to get to prefrontal cortex and not live out of our attachment pain. It's tricky being able to identify that with clients. We know that it's not just about a left brain teaching, a psychoeducation that clients, where it's helpful, I think, to have the psychoeducation. There has to be that experience of what does it feel like to be accurately and tenderly understood. And then I always say the jump from three to four is not that hard. If I'm accurately and tenderly understood, I automatically, like, I'm in. I'm with you. you. You love me. I love you. We can do this. And if I feel that with God, that's one thing. If I can feel that with a spouse or in a community, that's really powerful. That's a place for me to belong, a place for me to know myself, to be able to walk that out. And that's part of the five to thrive with life model is um, well, the whole five to thrive, just to go through it again, is a place to belong, a place to give and receive life, a place to recover from the malfunctions of my life, a place to mature, and then a place to learn to know my own heart, a place to grow in my identity is basically what that means. So if I can get all the way to that fifth one, it's because my attachment pain has been healed. And it has to happen. So it makes sense that as therapists, we have to see our clients through that lens. Where's the attachment style? What's my role? What do I need to do to position myself to actually truly delight in this person and not just fake it, to actually truly delight in them so that their brain can feel that, that there can be a secure attachment that's formed. And then I can give the client the opportunity then to help to, 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 to um, know how to form that with other people outside of the therapeutic bond. And then they can go into truly a, a healthy attachment experience for themselves in life. And then they can live from their true identity. It's, it's powerful stuff. It's super exciting that this is even possible. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.